Reggae Uprising podcast family and welcome to another episode. Now, for those of you that don't already know, um, in October here in the UK, it is Black History Month. So all throughout October, been doing something real special and been focusing on different subjects. So we've already had the history of reggae. We've had the history of diaspora and fashion last week. And this week, it's all about the history of Rastafari. So I hope you're going to enjoy today's episode. If you want to get caught up on the previous episodes, as well as my two other shows that I do. So basically, normally on a Monday, um, I would do Reggae Uprising. And on a Friday, I would do Reggae Uprising Selector. But Obviously, as it's Black History Month, I'm doing something a little bit special. Um, So on the Monday and the Friday, you will be getting video uploads from me where you can get all of them via my website, daniel.co.uk, as well as the other episodes of this podcast. I will also leave that link in the description for you so you can get all caught up. Please subscribe to my website so that you can get weekly updates as well. Like I said, all you need to do is subscribe via daniel.co.uk. Now, the format for this series of Black History Month special episodes are a little bit different um, from the usual format. So the usual format, obviously, is every week I have a new guest on and they pick seven reggae selections to, you know, be the soundtrack to their the story that they share with us of their life, their wisdom and their inspirations. So for these episodes, uh, what I've decided to do is just give you a little taste of, you know, reggae tunes that are just relevant to the subject that we're talking about. And obviously, we're talking about Rastafari, the history of Rastafari today. Um, So I'm just going to do a little mix and blend of a couple big, big, big tunes. I hope you enjoy them. Let's get started. Before we get into the interview, give you a little vibe to go on through and start things off. Here we go. Praises be unto the Almighty Himself. Oh well, oh well, Jaja is a ruler. Don't make nobody fool ya. Jaja is a ruler. Don't make nobody fool you. Jaja is a ruler. Don't make nobody fool you. Jaja is a ruler. Fire was burning and burning 
that I'd watch she was all hanging And she didn't know Marcus Biavi, she start to read Here stop home and it start look neat So we won't keep her off the street From who she with And that be me More than a nutty head is what she see No love asleep is not for me And she no won't keep it a secret But she can't tell him who she sleep with artists including Pat Kelly, Ken Booth, Jimmy Cliff, Desmond Decker 
and Derek Morgan, to name but a few. Being Trojan Record Company's house band, Ken Booth, Alton Ellis, Stranger Cole, Slim Smith, Toots and the Matals and Marvels have all benefited from this band's high calibre of musicianship. This week's guest is also part of the first reggae band to perform live in Spain and Paris. And also in 1974, they were the first reggae band to tour Japan with the Pioneers. Later that year, the band backed Bob Marley and Johnny Nash on their first UK national tour. They have far too many credentials, collaborations and accolades to list right about now. Um, But as well as being reggae ambassadors since the 1960s, in 2013, the band was given a plaque by the Brent Federation of Reggae Music and Brent Council, which is sited at Tavistock Church Hall in Harlesden, North West London. I am very excited to introduce and get things going with today's guest. I would like to welcome Luxley Geechee of The Simmerons to today's show. Greetings and welcome, Luxley. Greetings, Daniel. Blessed love, as always. Blessed love. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, yes, my pleasure. Yes, my pleasure indeed. (laughs) Now, as you know, this episode is all focused, as it's the Black History Month special um, series of episodes that we're doing for October. Um, This one, as you know, is focused on the history of Rasta. And I wanted to know, what was your experience? Can you tell us your experience of Rasta? Yes, you know, my, my experience with Rasta is started from a younger age, you know, before, before, before I even knew the full doctrine, yeah, because as, um, when, I, when I was um, about eight, yeah, about eight year old in Jamaica, I was about eight year old in Jamaica, yeah, yeah age of eight, and um, I was one of those persons who, don't, who didn't love school too much, yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah, that's a um, bunk, I bunk school very often, yeah. And um, when I was in school, I always ended up by the, seas, by, the seas, by the seaside. I was by the sea, swimming, you know. And there I used to meet the younger Rasta youths. A lot of Rasta youths young around the sea in the daytime, you know. Mm-hmm. And from, yeah, from them I learned to, um, to catch fish. Catch fish. They showed me how to catch fish by using, um, using just, the, just, the, um, just the, 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 um, the cable along the, the, um, the plastic um, rod to catch fish. They showed me how to make um to make bow and arrow. They okay. showed me how to make um kite, kite, and they showed me how to make um top. It's it's called a gig. They call it top. They should show. I should learn a lot of things from the, from the rusty youth, you know, in, as a youth in Jamaica, you know. But even that time, even during that time, I was always um the people around used to tell us, don't stay, don't hang around the bastards. They're, they're, they're bad people, they're wicked people, you know. They're not good, you know, they're mad people. So from my early youth, they were to put us off, the rasta. But for me, as a young youth, I was experiencing something different. I was, expect, ex, I was experiencing a love, good vibes from these people, you know, teaching. They were teaching me things I didn't know before, you know. And I was, I was a bit confused, not knowing what to believe. But I knew, we knew on the spiritual side that these people are good people, yeah. And at eight, at eight, you could tell, you could feel the vibration that these are good people, man. And the way they used to treat me very good, you know. If they cook, they used to give me food. And it's, it was a good vibes, you know. And um, it wasn't until um, I came to England, because um, my family, my mom was um, sort of, um, in, was uh, Anglican, yeah. And uh, my aunties were, were Catholic, Roman Catholics. When my mom came to England, she left me with my, um, with my, with my aunties to care for me. Because it was because my time came to come to England, and there were um, Catholics, and and you know I, I didn't um, I couldn't really dig the vibes because they wanted to get they wanted me to get into the Catholic Church, you know they tried so hard to get into the Catholic Church, and um, they even go as far as even got me um, got me to be, be an um, altar boy, yeah, and then I was frightened. Tell you the truth, I was scared of these people because the nuns with their heads wrapped and the blue eyes and the pale skin put the fear into me. So that was a, that was a, and I was calling. I didn't go to church. I did go to church, but I didn't get to church. I, I went somewhere else, to the movies, or uh, somewhere else, you know? But it wasn't until um, I got to England that I really understood what Rastafari was really about, you know? 
without any teaching. We don't know what to teach us, but you know, after watching, after coming, com the experience in Jamaica, the experience in England, we're two different things. When I came to England, I was experiencing people who didn't like us very much because of our color, you know. I was called all kinds of names, Nignog, Gallywog, you know, and all kinds of things. And then, you know, um, I stopped, my mom was still going to church at the time. And I told her, look, I don't want to go to church anymore because, you know, it's not good. I don't like the vibes. And she was a good woman. You know? She was very understanding. She stopped going to church and that was it. You know? I stopped getting the, um, the vibes that um, that God was more than, I, than they were teaching us. And I mean, so I've seen God and different image as being black, really. And no one teach me these things. So it was there before, from early age, you know. And it wasn't until um, until the, the, the music, when I started doing music, I got even more deeper into the um, into the doctrine of Rastafari, you know. With people like Bernie Spear and Culture, and then uh, then came along Bob Marley. And fine enough, you know, but it's, it's when I meet when I when I meet um, uh, Bonnie Bailey's that I really got really more. I got the full understanding of Rastafari, you know. And Peter, Peter was good as well, but I think Bonnie was more was more of the the Rasta man at the time in the wheelers. Um Bob Marley was Bob Marley was there. Yeah, it was it was Rasta. But when it comes to the doctrine and teaching, you had to go to to, um, to Bonnie Wheelers. And he taught me a lot of things. The first thing you know, with Bonnie Wheelers, um he was a man who um he, he would ask you, who are you? What's your name? You know? And you say, um, my name is Luxley. He said, no, you don't know, you don't know your name. You know, you don't know who you are. Come back to me again. We know who you are. I know it took a long time to understand what this man, what this man was talking about. What he wanted to hear was that when he says, "Who are you?" He wanted to hear that I'm African. That's all. That's all I wanted to know. You know. Uh, hey. <laughs> you know? So, so, so I said, um, my experience with Rastafari started at an early age. You know, as I grew up. So it, it was there. It was always there. You know. Which was the truest for you in terms of, of learning Rasta? Was it over in Jamaica or was it over here? or How yeah, did the experiences you know, compare? I think um, this teaching in Jamaica did play a big part, I think, you know, because I actually grew, I just moved around, I just moved around with the rest of you, you know, at an early age. So, um, and, and the teaching I got from them, you know, they teach me to do so many things using my, using my skill. I mean, that make, even making, um, you know, even making, um, even making um, boats, sailing boats, they taught me these things, you know, to make sailing boats. I can make boats, you know, they can dingy, dingy boats to go fishing. Okay. And and um, and fish net, you know, there's a, there's a special way of making this fish trap. Mm -hmm. Not a net, it's a, it's a, it's a cage, fish cage, you know, out of, um, out of wire. And we we'll, um, go to the sea and drop it in the, drop it in, drop it in the, um, in, in, in the sea, far out, where it's very deep. And then um, about two or three days, you will go back and use a um, use a hook with, with, a, with a cable and put pull the net, the, um, the, the, the cage up, and it will be full of fishes, all different kind of fishes. You know, so I think Jamaica was a good teaching, but but, this, but I think the full understanding really came from from Bonnie Wheelers and and the music, you know, the full doctrine, the full teaching of what I was really, you know, the, the full doctrine of it came from um, when I came to England, you know, and the meeting um meet. And meeting these um these guys at school first day at school wasn't was a, a good wasn't a very good experience not the first day at school you mm -hmm. know and I said I came I came out some abuse and there was many of us you know in, in, in the school I went to was on about seven of us the first day when the school was on seven black youths from Jamaica was in the school so you can imagine <laughs> so we had to stick together as a unit you know mm. yeah so I think the um the Jamaica experience was more you know was more better for me you know give me more full understanding. You know? Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, hopefully we're going to get back to your experience a little later on. Um, yeah. But yes. we want to get into the history of Rasta yeah. right now. I want to share. Want you to share the knowledge that yeah. you have with us. So if we start yeah. off at the basics. Like, so what knowledge do you have on the origins of Rasta? Yeah, but yeah, the origin of Rasta actually um started with um. You know, to, to, um, to, to be honest, I think Rasta, Rasta was in Jamaica a longer, longer time, you know, before Marcus Garvey with the Maroons. But at, at the time, they were in Carl Rasta, you know what I mean? They were just called Maroons. I mean, um, if, if you know the story of the Maroons, they were um, subjected to no no, um, no slavery whatsoever. From the first day they landed in Jamaica, they, um, they ran off to the, to the hills, yeah? They escaped. So the first, the first when you're on the slave ship, and the ship was coming close to the harbour, 
the first thing they did was to jump ship. They jumped the ship and swim into shore. So the rest was there before, but it didn't develop, I think, until um, Marcus Garvey came along. You know, when Marcus Garvey came along, and Marcus Garvey um, was teaching about the army, um, he, he didn't let the arm. Um, it was long after, I think it was after the abolishment of slavery um, in, in the 19th, um, 1940s. I remember when um, Marcus um, born up in the 1930s, Marcus started to preach. The, the, I mean, the, the, the treatment of a slave in Jamaica wasn't good, you know. It was, it was very, very bad. After slavery, didn't didn't have nothing. No homes, the lands were taken away from them, you know. There wasn't much work, and that, that suffering was happening. That's when Marcus Garvey came along. And Marcus Garvey was, was actually teaching Rasta for right now. He was teaching now, he was teaching more arms of a better meant for black people. I mean, better treatment, justice, and equality. Mm-hmm. But in Jamaica, um, in Jamaica, the, 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 the people didn't, didn't take to him very tough enough, fine enough. They didn't take to him very much. He was even stoned a couple of times. They stoned him, you know, because they couldn't really understand what he was dealing with to the fullest. It was not until he came to America, that Marcus went to America that, and, and started the armed the arm Negro movement in America that, you know, it became very popular. And there was one particular person that was in America at the time with Marcus. His name was um, it was uh, Leonard Orwell. Yes, Leonard Orwell. He was very, very, he was a Garveyite. He loved Garvey to maximum because Garvey was sort of uplift his spirit, you know, with his, with his teaching. Like, whereas like um, Africa, Africa for, for black people at, at home and abroad. The message like those, you know, Marcus got to preach. They don't even Africa, yeah, African people unite, you know, and go home to Africa and, you know, that really impressed um, Lovell, um, Leonard Lovell. And when he, went to, when, he went, when he returned to Jamaica, he started the movement, you know what I mean? He started the, the, the movement. And if, at first, it wasn't called Rastafari at first. It was just um, a movement that started in Jamaica. Where we got a lot of people, you know, a lot of people was loving if we were speaking, and he was saying to them, um, you know, because Marcos did say, um, look to the arm, um, look, to, look to Ethiopia. There'll be a king rising very soon. You know, the kings of kings, lots of laws, and um, you know, it was the same time. It was around the 1930s that um, that that um, impressed us. I was around. And before it was, um, and that's where the name came from. The name Rasta came from, Rasta Fairbairn came from Empress Lassie. Before he was crowned king, his name was Rasta Fairbairn. So Leonard Howell adopted the name as Rasta. You know, because Marcus Garvey did say, look to Ethiopia for the rise of a king, and this man should be our leader, only true king on earth. So that's where the name Rasta came from, you know. And Lowell, Lowell, um, Leonard Howell started the movement of Rasta Fairbairn. From that time, from in the 30s, yeah, and um, he went as far as um as buying some land in a place called Pinnacle, just outside Kingston. There's a place called Pinnacle where he um he started his movement there, and he bought the land. He bought he bought a lot of acres of land, you know, uh, 50 acres, about 300 acres of land he bought it, and he had a lot of people started join his movement, you know, because it was all about self-sufficiency, yeah, growing one food. Um, look after each other, you know, and it, it was a good community. He had a community, he started a community of people who believed in what he was saying about Rasta. And they, they, um, so he had people who could do everything. He had tailors, shoemakers, herdsmen, farmers, you know, fishermen, and they started this community. And they were, and, and um, after about a year or two, he had, he had about 1,000, 1,800 people living in that compound in Pinnacle. Yeah, and that's where the movement actually started from with Leonard Powell. He was the first Rasta man, you know. And um, actually, it was he, he, um, he took it he took it further because at the time he was looking at um at Empress Celeste as being a god, yeah. And in what term I don't understand, but he said um Celeste is God, you know, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, conquering the land of Judah, land of Judah, King Celeste is God. And another Rasta did um did take on that concept that um Empress Celeste was God. You know, until it was until later on that um, that they, 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 they saw seen him as a great king. You know, but I mean, even even today, you still find the um, the elder dreads them still look as emperor as being God. But in reality, he's a king, a great king, a very wise man, a great teacher. You know, so that's where it started from the movements. 
Wow, that that is a lot of history all condensed into you know, uh, you know, bite-sized, manageable piece for everybody that didn't know that. <laughs> um, but um, so, and the reason being is because we've got so much to get into the one show. So I really appreciate you, like like I said, condensing that down um, for people. Obviously, they can find out more about the individual people that you mentioned in more detail if they don't already know. Um, yes. But what would you say are the core values of Rasta? Yeah, but, but you know, Rasta is um, it's a way of life to, to begin with. Yeah. It's a way of life. I mean, some people look at Rastafari. Some people say Rastafari is a religion, but in reality, Rastafari is really um, a way of life, a natural way of living, you know, because the Rastafari found out that living in unity amongst ourselves is a better way of living. You know, it brings forth progress. It brings forth... I mean, it's more better for us. We can do so much more in unity because the strength is in the unity. Same thing Marcus Garvey used to teach, and um, Leonard Powell is about the unity, togetherness, and um, eating right, eating right food, caring for yourself and caring for each, each other. You know, I mean, Rasta man, as I say, is a vital man, vital, and the word the word vital mean some people say vegan food or, or vegetarian, but Rasta man say vital, vital is vital. I mean, the food is vital, so the food they eat is very natural. You know, they, they eat only what they grow. Yeah, some restaurants don't even eat fish, you know. It's all vegetarian. Com- you know what I mean? Form, first and foremost, just eat vegetarian. But, but some restaurants will eat fish because some restaurants are fishermen. As I was saying before, um, in Jamaica, we're in Mantua Bay, we eat fish because that's, a, that's what the young, young restaurant youth is, is be fishermen. But when you go to the mountains, you find a mountain restaurant is just a vegetarian man, you know. And it's all about peace and love, you know. The whole concept of Rastafari is about self-reliance, you know what I mean, natural liberty, you know what I mean, organic farming, equal rights, and of course justice. Yeah, very important, equal rights and justice. And I mean, I've been persecuted. Rasta get a lot of persecution in Jamaica because of their belief, right, the way of life. Because um, what happened is um, in in, in the later part of the thir- later part of the nineteen thir- thirties, yeah, the, um. Yeah, I say 1930s. The, the, um, the, the Jamaican government went and terrorized the Rastas. Yeah, they terrorized the Rastas. They, they drove them off the land, you know, in Pinnacle. The Rastas they driven off. Some were, some were murdered, and some were some were beaten so badly, locked them in, in jail. And you know, it it it, it, it didn't end there. But, you know, they were driven driven from the land to leave Pinnacle because the, the government at the time was 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 the colonial system government, which is still going on today, the same parliament system is still in Jamaica. And you know, they are not for Rastafari. It's just now they're they're recognizing the Rastafari for what it really is. But they but they destroyed the pinnacle. They drove the people off. They were beaten up. And um it didn't end there. In in um in in the sixties again, the same thing happened in the sixties. This time in Mantua Bay. The um Rastafari in Mantua Bay had some problems with the people living in the area. And I think something happened um, and the police invaded them and started to kill them. They were brutalized under the under the leadership of Bustamante. You know? So there's a lot of fermentation in Bustamante has been through. There's a lot of brutality and that's because of who they are and what they believe in. You know? Because the colonial class system didn't want to see Rastafari gain control. Can you imagine? They want to see Rastafari take over, take over Jamaica. You know? So that's again another history people can um can research and go deeper. So with that in mind, in your opinion, seems as the core values of Rasta are peace and love and unity and justice and all the things that you said earlier on, um, which are all about high vibration. Why do you think that they have been treated so badly by you know um, the government and um, and not being received well by fellow Jamaicans, why do you think there's such an issue seen as what their, you know, like I said, their core value is, is nothing but positivity? Why do you think it's be such an issue? Yeah, yes, I think, I think mainly it's because of the, um, of the way, number one, the locks. People couldn't come to terms with the locks, yeah? And the way the Rastafari move, it was moving in a positive way, very positive. 
The Jamaican government um, were still canonical as it is today. You know, so the, the canonical power like England and America didn't want to see a Rastaman come along and want to gain control of, especially in politics, you know. Because, I mean, a lot of people were joining the movement, you know, a lot of people joined the movement. So it's like people couldn't come to terms with Rasta because of the way they look, the dressing, the hairstyle, and the way they speak because they're so, they're, they're um, against the, the, the brutality and the um, and moral. Rastaman has strong morals. I still do, you know. They, they stand for no stupidness. I mean, no, no, um, no, no sadomasochism, and no, and no, um, no, you know. These were very, very, very um, moral, followers of moral. So that, I think that's got a lot to do with it. And they would speak out loud, you know what I mean? I mean, sometimes they say, "Rastam, come along," and there's something that's happening that he doesn't like, and he just starts shouting, "Lightning and thunder, brimstone and fire," you know. Those kind of things is a frighten the um, frighten the upper class people. <laughs> I mean, they're scared of that. But you know, that's an important thing, you know, the, 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 um, the locks. The locks wasn't, didn't come along until, um, until in, the, uh, in, the, in, in the 50s. That's when the rest of my race started with the, the full locks in the 60s, in the 50s, yeah? And um, actually, the locks came from, um, came from Kenya, you know? There was a, there was a, um, there was a tribe of, there was a, there was a tribe of people in, um, in, in Kenya by the name of, um, he's called himself uh, uh, Musa, yeah, Mahu, Mahu, Mahu. There's a tribe in Kenya called Mahu, Mahu. And um, in the um, in the 50s, there um, was an was independent war going on there. They were fighting for independence, this tribe of people in, in Kenya. And they were the first one who had the locks, they had the dreadlocks. They called Mahu, you know, M-A-U, Mahu, Mahu. So that's where the locks came from. In the 50s in Jamaica, so they adopted the, 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 the locks in the 50s in Jamaica, and that what really frightened people in society. You know, strange because you know people say frightened of us, people say really frightened of us. You know, in in the 50, in, even up until the 60s, early 70s, people were frightened of us. I mean, some people say run and hide. <laughs> she was thinking of run and it's hide. Called, yeah, yeah. Some people say run and hide. They call me, it's called the, the black heart man. The black heart man. That's why Bob Marley. That's why um, Bunny would sing about the black heart man. Yeah, because it's, it's a, they take they take the children away, they take away the kids and eat their hearts. You know, what? Like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, serious thing. Yeah. So, so I mean, the, the, the government was frightened of Rasta because of the um of, of the doctrine, and the um and they were hundred percent African. The, the everything about them was just African. You know, Africa, Africa, repatriation, Africa, um, Ethiopia, Zion. You know. We must return to Ethiopia, Zion, you know. So they got the, the um, colonial system government couldn't deal with that. You know, they, they didn't want. To, you can imagine if um, the, the following of Rastafari got into the millions in Jamaica, it'd be a different thing right now in Jamaica. It'd be a Rastafari country, you know, hundred percent. So they had to stop it, you know. And in those times, as I said before, there was only two um, two government system, PMP and JLP, and they were both the same. They both had the same agenda, you know. So no matter who was in power, the rest of forever man is a suffer, you know. And you know, um, you know, in the early days, with um, with um, when Powell started, when Powell started the um, the pinnacle um, uh, thing, London thing, it was Ganja using you know, it. It was the sale of Ganja that, that gave him the money to be develop, build houses and develop the, the um his community that he started, because in those days, um, Ganja um, Ganja was was free. You know, there was no problem with, with selling herbs or ganja because, I mean, you know, so, so the, um, it was that these to sell the ganja to build up the pinnacle, to build the houses, buy seeds and grow the food. was all done by the herbs money, you know. And when, after a while, the government did find out that the, um, that people was making a living, they were actually surviving off the ganja. And that's when the laws came in, you know. And if you're caught with ganja, you'll be locked up. And that's where a lot of rest of man end up in jail. Because we're caught selling herbs and smoking herbs. Even um, even Bob Marley. Bob Marley served, served a couple, couple of times in jail because of ganja. Um, Bunny Wheeler as well served a couple of times in jail because of ganja. Peter Tosh served a couple of times in jail because of ganja. So see, that's when um, they, they made it um, unlawful to sell ganja. I've been caught with it. Mm, herb talk is real interesting and it's even more interesting nowadays who, how and where it's been legalised and all of the um, 
let's say, business that goes on around all of that in terms of who can profit and who can't. Um, but that's a whole other talk for a whole other day. Um, I want to move on for now um, to how Rastafari has evolved. You know, um, before um, before you just Rastafari, before you know, at the beginning of Vietnam, Vietnam, then I probably. But as time went by, um, as time went by, you get different um, different divisions. You know, you had um, you had the twelve tribe of Israel came along, which was um, which was more the same thing. I mean, not there's a, that much difference, but um. But, but I think uh, Emmanuel, let's just use Emmanuel and stuff. I mean, they, they did believe, they did um, Eli King as well, or Eli King, King Slasty, but they said more into Emmanuel. And um, and then, you know, the 12th tribe came along, but the 12th tribe was sort of a, we say, no, it was mixed. In in in, 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 in the um, 12th tribe, no matter what religion, no matter what um, nation you were, yeah, you were actually welcome to join the, um, join the 12th tribe, you know. Whereas the um, the rest uh, before was just strictly African, Africa for African, Africa for Africans, you know. But then um, twelve tribe came and you know there's the inter um inter thing with um, a lot of Europeans coming in and different nation. But at the same time, it was all about the same thing. But it came different group. And then as time went on, you had um, the Ethiopian Orthodox, yeah, and the World Federation. Yeah, I think Ethiopian Orthodox is from from um, Ethiopia. But um, the Empress Lassie did, did um, his church was the was the Ethiopian Orthodox, the best church in Ethiopia, which was a bit of Christian orientated, you know. And then you had the um, yeah the, the Royal Federation, you know. And um, today, today in our time, today you know, you got the um, Bobo Bobo Shanti Bobo Shanti Dread, which is also the same doctrine, almost similar. But they have different, different, different organization. So in a way, there comes three or four different divisions at the moment, you know, which is not too good. But at the same time, it's not like um, it's not like having um, Catholic and Palestine and and Muslim and, and Jewish and they all at war with each other. That are fighting going on. With the rest of it, that doesn't exist. There's no war. It's just a different division, you know, in in, in the doctrine, but more the same teaching. You know, more the same teaching, but the different, the different way of doing things. You know, but as, as I said before, there's no war. They never ever seen a bubble dread fight in a original Rasta man or, or um, a bubble dread fight in a orthodox or whatever. You know, so the love is still there and togetherness. Yes, always unified in love. How beautiful! How beautiful! Now, could you share with us any um, traditions? In Rastafari, that are upheld. Yes, you know you got they always celebrate um Empress Jubilee when Jubilee um when Emperor was his birthday, and um his crowning day and it, and it's crowning, you know when it's crowned the Jubilee they celebrate that. But also I forget to mention the um the the the, 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 the Nabingi, Nabingi Rastaman, Nabingi Rastaman they, they are mostly. Mountain Rasta, you, are, you, you, you don't see them very often. They live in the mountains, and only very often they, they'll go down into the city. And they're the drummers, right? The, the Rastafari chant. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Germans, the German Rastafari Germans came from the Nabingi order. You know, they would chant like, like probably end of month or beginning of month or a certain time of the year. They would chant the drum all night, just chanting, drum beating and singing and chanting and singing, and at the same time. They chanting down the wickedness. That's what they do. Chant down the wickedness. Chant down Babylon. Chant down the evil man. You know, and it was a like a it was like every every um every month, probably um end of every month, they should do a chanting or on a certain occasion they would chant all night. You know, and you know and, and um you, you know so for the rest of Friday is very creative. You know, rest of Friday find a lot of great artists, very very good artists. You know. They're very good, very skillful people. They're builders, and you know, and most of all, uh, artistic, very artistic. If you see the artists, the, art, the carvings and the sculptures and things that, that they do is really life beautiful, you know. And you know, so they have, so and you know, and, and the uh, cultivators, the, the farmers are so good, man. But anything, anything they plant grows down. <laughs> Anything the rest of them plant in the soil, always grow, no matter what. <laughs> you have some green fingers, yeah? 
Yeah, very green fingers, you know. <laughs> and, yeah, and the clothing, you know, the rest of the man is very colourful. The clothes they wear, you know, so they're very, I mean, when it comes down to, 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 to garments, they're very particular. They got to look good, you know, they got to look good, especially on occasion. You can see all, 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 all beautiful the dressing is between the men and the women, you know. The African um, garments, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. In fact, that's so, one of the things that we featured in um, the last episode. We were talking about the history of fashion and a khaki yes. suit. Um, do you have oh, anything right. you want to say about that? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it, 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 it's a surprise. You know, they um, always militant. Like, like um, you could use um, Louis Chan example. If not, Louis Chan, Louis Chan always have on his um, his militant suit. Yeah, it's like um, it's like it's a uh, you know, it, 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 it's a subtle man. It, it, it's it's um. It's so close to the, we say it's following doctrines very close to um to the to King Selassie, I mean Emperor Selassie. For example, of his teaching, so you know, notice how he set, he always wears uniform, suit, you know, and salute. And if you notice, there's a few other wrestlers as well, always in their um their military arm suit, you know, very often, you know, and people like Capitan now. Capitan is always in his arm um, African gown. If you notice, it's always thick, beautiful dress, beautiful African gown, mm-hmm. you know, designed for him, made for him, you know. And a few, a few other artists. I mean, people, not, I mean, people like with like um, like uh, Captain and Louis Chan, really show the other example of rest of man dress in that fashion all the time. You don't, you don't, I don't think you know, ever, ever see. I don't think you ever see um, Captain in a monkey suit as you call it, suit and tie. <laughs> profound rasters whether that be through music or any other works is there any that you would like to give honorable mention to mm-hmm. well, well you know um can you can you as you know Bamali is got to get to mention in every been very mentioned rasta got mentioned Bamali. but there was other, other um artists that came along like um that burning that um, culture culture um joseph Paul. And um and Bernie Spear, you know those people. The, the message in the early days, they were saying just positive message at the time, you know. I mean, um, culture was a man. Um, culture was a, was a group that always tell you what's going on, in, especially in Jamaica. It's like um like a newspaper. They always tell you what's happening in Jamaica, whatever the mood, whatever um the politically or, or um socially, they always tell you what's happening in Jamaica. So they keep you informed all the time, you know. So I think maybe culture and uh, Dennis Brown, can't even Dennis Brown, you know, can't even Dennis Brown. Dennis Brown is as big as you know, is as big as Bob, Bob Marley, you know, but um, not not globally, you know, Bob Marley is at the edge globally, but but Dennis Brown is, is a strong influence as well, man. When it comes down to the teaching, you know, and um, the Abyssinians, the Abyssinians is in a great group again. That's that's um that. They're, they're big, very big, very big, but not globally as Bob. I think Bob probably be, is the most globally rest man in, in this time. And, uh, you know, we don't know, we don't know what, what to come, but, you know. But but those groups are, um, those singers and players, they always send you positive messages. Never, you know what I mean? One more time, you know. There's so much to mention, so many more to mention. I mean, you know. And uh, yeah, the, um, the rest Michael and... Guns of and um, you know, Russ Michael, and um, y- y- so many, so many artists that really stand out in those times. I mean, we had a positive message coming to you all the time, you know. So, do you feel that there are any youngers coming through that that can follow in their footsteps that are kind of you know carrying it on? Yeah, it, well, so far, um, Chronics is looking quite good. Yeah. Um, is, yeah, Crank is coming. It's, it's coming. Yeah, it's, it's, it's right. Yeah, as a young youth and um, Prodigy. That's his name, Prodigy. Protege. Protege, yeah, Protege. Protege is doing quite well, message-wise, you know. And um, 
one or two of Mali's family, like um, like Damian, is Damian is is doing good um, positive message. The other person, the positive positive vibes going, you know. So, so today, you know, for many of the younger ones, I'm really send the positive message. Let like them tend to be drifting away somewhere else, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I think probably this time, that's why um, uh, Connex stands out in this time, you know, as a youth out there up front, you know, and um. I can't think of many more offhand. Those are two standing, the real standing up front. I was going to say, are there any females that you think, uh, uh, you know, because we haven't heard a lot about females in this year. I'm just, I just had that thought. There are many um, female artists that really deep, so deep at the moment. You know, I mean, we have to go, we have to go back to um, to to, to Judy Mowat and um, and Rita Marley. You know. Mm. Those things that those, those we should be up front, you know. And Queen, ah, oh, can't leave a Queen Africa. Mm-hmm, yeah. I was waiting for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, can't leave a Queen Africa, man. Can't leave her out. Don't be, you know. You know, she's just standing, you know. Yeah. Very, pos- very, very positive, strong black woman. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. there anything you'd like to add in terms of? Since we're talking about females, um, their mm-hmm. kind of place, role, anything you'd like to add about the females as part of the Rasta movement? Mm-hmm. Well, it, 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 um, a, a lot of, um, I mean, as, as in England, in England, um, when, the movement, when the movement started in England in the, um, in the, in the early 70s, yeah, there used to be a lot of black women, you know, that were, um, as a matter of fact, they, 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 they were the ones that really started the locks in, before a lot of men, the men them started locks in, you know. So, so they did they did play a big part in it at one time. I mean, it went a bit um after Bob died, you know, you find that there was a lot of women, women of around that was um introduction. They sort of um lifted left and you know they didn't carry on the works. But, okay. but it, um, it seems to be rising again. But again, you know, with the locks, you know, in um in the early days, the locks was a mystery. No one knew how to go locks. I mean, it was a mystery to everyone, you know. That's why some people should be afraid of it. But after a while, anyone can go locks now in this time. Yeah, anybody can go locks. So you find today you have a lot of women wearing locks, but the doctrine is not there. You know. So you do you feel like it's just turning into a fashion thing rather than what it was meant to be? Yes. Yeah, with with a lot of women, them, lot of women, them is a fashion thing. You know, because you know, you know, women like to change their style. They like to stick to one year style. I mean, today they'll be wearing locks, and tomorrow they'll be wearing. Um, long hair, straight hair. Yeah. So today it's very difficult to find out. There's quite a few men still into the doctrine, but you know, but not many. You don't see them very often. The only time you see the, see the women is if, if there's um, there's an event going on, then you'll see a lot of women, lot of women turn out. You know. But other than that, um, you know, they're there in the background, they're still doing the thing. But as I said before, now anybody can locks in these times. You know, mm. and if you find that um, most Rasta men today don't even don't even go to locks, you know, because it's, it's a spiritual thing from the earth. It's more spiritual. It's more spiritual than um than religion, you know. Rasta is a spiritual thing, you know. It's a it's a spiritual thing where um you give love unconditionally, you know. Spiritually, you always just help each other, you know, and really care for each other. So, you know. It's fine like a Rasta today. Um, don't even have locks, but they're more Rasta than some Rasta with the locks. <laughs> I mean, mm. <laughs> so you can yeah. you can tell the Rasta by vibration rather than <laughs> looking the yeah. part type thing. Then, yeah. y- yes, yeah. looking the locks, you know. Yeah. Yeah, because the locks is a symbol. Now, locks was a symbol because it's funny, right? Um, in the early days in England, there's certain places we couldn't go to. Yeah, he said if we, if we were, if we're in um, the Crown, the Tam, are you have locks? You couldn't go. They don't, they don't let us in, you know. And if we go, if we go to, to the door and with, 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 the, with the crown, uh, your hat, right? They take it off. Take it off. They can't come in. You know, take off the time. You can't come in. So in a way, it was good and bad in that way, in that sense, because um, there's some places that you shouldn't be going in the first place. You shouldn't be there. <laughs> you know. Okay. You be there. Yeah. So both ways. I mean, you shouldn't be there in the first place. Certain clubs and certain dances shouldn't be there. So. It was a good thing they didn't want us in there with our crown. You know, we just didn't go. Yeah. You know, you know. So, but I mean, I say for now, there's a lot of rest now without the um, without the locks. You know, 
and they are therefore they are more spiritually and together than some of the rest of them nowadays. But you know, the movement is still growing. It's growing strong because I mean, in in um, Ethiopia, um, Shashimali, there's um, there's over a thousand family there now. There's about a thousand family, I think, from the, those early days. You know, from from in the um, from the from the um, I would say from the early sixties that moved that went actually moved. They didn't written repatriation because some rest are still written and repatri- um, repatriation. But I don't think we should do that. You know, a lot of rasters in the um, in the early early sixties didn't written no repatriation. They took themselves up, get them one together, and find a way into Ethiopia because um, the, the empress that they gave us land. You know, when he came to Jamaica in the sixties, he actually gave rasterman acres and acres of land in Shashamari. Yeah. And so you can come home and start to do your own thing, come develop and come home, you know. And you found that the arrestors that went to um, Shashamani, they, 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 they didn't go there for milk and honey. They went there to, I mean, some teachers and, of course, farmers, builders, shoemakers, herdsmen, you name it. They all, they all got, um, got, a, got a creative creative, creative force in them. You know, you could do things. So there's about I think about a thousand family there in um, Shashamari, of the date. So it's growing. The moment is growing, especially for the younger youths. Them now, it's very important that younger youths them get involved. You know, because that's our, that's our only way to progress right now. I mean, that unity, togetherness, and that spiritual level. That is exactly why I wanted to make sure that we focused on this for one of the episodes. So thank you so yes. much for sharing all of that wisdom. Yeah, my, my pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs> I hope everybody's enjoyed this week's episode as part of the Black History Month special. If you want to get caught up on those previous episodes or if you want to be the first to hear the fresh new episodes, please go to my website, daniel.co.uk. I'll leave that link in the description and subscribe. I'm going to leave you with more high vibrations. I hope you have a wonderful week. As always, blessed love. Yes, Rasta. All the black people that belong to Africa. So I swear I'll keep the on the heart. Cabbage, them alone account of the mills. It's an authentic reggae beat. 
Make me skank up the shoes up on me feet I get three Peter touch, two Bob Marley And the little berry sound sweet You know can't come take from Africa From we are them You know think you know can come take from Africa From we are them No, you know can come take from Africa From we are them You know think you know can come take from Africa From we are Yes, I get now you kill and grump and paralyze, yes All down pressure, uh, aggressors and transgressors, whoa, oh, yes Whoa, oh, yes I get now you rust children I get now you rust children I and I come from Zion I and I come from Zion Living down there in Babylon Enduring the stripes and triple on. I and I not check for no vanity Yes, I and I deal with humanity Enduring the stripes and triple on. With your guidance and his protection To lead the children out of Babylon To the promised land Mosaion, 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 yeah, everywhere now, no. Zion, I that is the place for I for I and I to dwell. Fire, 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 I go burn Babylon, cause this is a living hell. Gather the babe and the soul, to reach the promised land. Fire, fire away. Just the truth, it's written in your heart, not in them versions. In a notion of pain and suffering, Rastafari children set sail. Haile Selassie is the symbol of life. The conquering lion has prevailed. Rastafari resides in a Zion. Rastafari lives 